Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. A mile below the surface, fallen London is full of dark streets and dangerous individuals. Take, for instance, Jack of Smiles, fallen London's most notorious body-hopping serial killer. Many who have been assigned his case find themselves in his shoes with blood on their hands. Will his murderous reign ever stop? Investigate for yourself and play Fallen London, a free text adventure game on mobile or at fallenlondon.com. Sign up today at failbettergames.com forward slash rustyquill and receive free actions.
Rusty Quill presents The Magnus Archives Episode 47 The New Door Helen Richardson regarding, uh, how would you describe it? Miss Richardson? Uh, what? Your experience, how would you summarise it? Uh, um, well, I've been, I've been trying to draw you a map, but it doesn't, it doesn't work. Right. Statement of Helen Richardson regarding a new door in the house she was selling. Statement recorded direct from subject, 2nd October 2016. Statement begins... Miss Richardson? There are no left turns. Look. Look, none. It just it just turns right. It doesn't make any sense. No, it wasn't a spiral because you couldn't you could also go forward. I mean I I did mostly just forward and the paths never got shorter. Like you were coming to a centre. They just kept going. It doesn't it doesn't make any sense. Look at it. Miss Look at it! You're right. This map doesn't make any sense. After a few turns... It becomes a mess of impossible lines. Yes, but it will be very useful for our investigation if you could start at the beginning. Give us some context. Tell me how it got started. What do you want to know? There wasn't a door. And then there was. I worked for Wolverton Kendrick. I still do, I suppose. I haven't officially quit, but I haven't been back there since this happened. We mostly sell properties around the Wimbledon area, sometimes as, as far out as Collier's Wood. We specialise in well-appointed family homes for successful professionals looking to move further out of London. We've had a lot of success, and these days you usually have anything up to 200 properties on the market. Most of them are detached family homes or big, well-appointed flats. I've been with the agency for about eight years now. And I've done thousands of viewings for them. So believe me when I say there was nothing unusual about that house on St Albans Avenue. I mean, maybe the fact the owner was selling it for less than two million. Even though it, it still wasn't suspiciously cheap. It was just a lovely house in a good area, like every other house I sell. When I think back to driving there, the trees seem darker than they should have been. The other houses sit there. Sinister, behind their tall gates and empty driveways. But I think, oh, it's just my memory changing to fit what I know now. At the time, I don't think I felt anything except annoyance that I was going to be two minutes late to the viewing. You know what's funny? Even after everything that happened, I actually have trouble picturing the house in my mind. It was so much like all the others. So unremarkable. And it's not like I've been back. For most of the morning viewings, it was business as usual. I had the usual stream of bankers and executives asking the standard questions, occasionally livened up by a private dentist or a barrister. I walked around that house for the better part of five hours, and by the end, I'd been in every room 
and opened every cupboard dozens of times. And I promise you, I swear to you, that door was not there. He came at the end of the viewings. It was the last appointment. And although he didn't give his name, I am absolutely sure he was not Mr. and Mrs. Adrian Lombardi. He was tall, maybe six and a half feet, and he had long straw-coloured hair that fell onto his shoulders and loose ringlets. His face was round and unthreatening, although he stood so still when I answered the door. It did rather unnerve me. I asked him if he was Mr. Lombardi, and he said no, but that Mr. Lombardi wouldn't be coming, so he was here instead. It's not unheard of for some of our clients to send their people to viewings in their place, so it didn't seem like an unreasonable statement, even if it would normally, you know, be arranged ahead of time. I just, I just thought I'd missed an email. I held out my arm for a handshake, but he just looked at it and laughed, keeping his hands firmly by his side. That was when I first started to think that something might be wrong, because his laugh didn't sound right. It, I don't know how to describe it, but it wasn't, it wasn't a human laugh. I should have stopped there and left or called the police, but he'd already walked past me and into the house, and I'd started to give him the sales pitch, almost as a reflex. I decided that since he didn't seem to be actively threatening, I'd just give him a quick rundown of the house and get out of there as soon as possible. He was strange, but I thought that if he did work for the Lombardies, that I didn't want to be rude and have to deal with a complaint later. So I took him round the place. He followed me. His eyes were always looking where I pointed, but he never seemed to take anything in, and he didn't ask any questions at all, at least not till we reached the second floor. We'd just climbed up the stairs to the top of the house. I went into the first bedroom and I started talking about its potential as a child's room or a study. The ceiling was quite low and I thought I'd best warn him to be careful, but when I looked back he wasn't there. I stepped back out onto the landing to find him looking at a new door. He asked me what was behind it and I just stood there, staring. It was a small, unremarkable door, painted dark yellow with a matte black handle, and it wasn't there before. I had been up on that landing dozens of times already, and I definitely did not remember it being there. It, w it wasn't just that I hadn't noticed it. You have to understand that. It wasn't there. It couldn't have been there. I checked the floor plan I had with me and obviously there was no door shown on it. It was an exterior wall on the second floor. There can't have been anything beyond it but empty air and a significant drop. Except that I had made several circuits of the outside while showing off the garden and there was absolutely no door visible there. It was just a dark yellow door that couldn't be there. The man asked me again what was inside. And I just stood there, staring at it, with my mouth hanging open in shock. I honestly don't know how long I stood there looking at it. My strange client said nothing, and I'd almost forgotten he was there by the time I finally made up my mind. I reached out and gripped the handle. It was warm. I turned it, and as soon as I did so, the door swung open. I didn't need to pull it at all. It opened slowly, but deliberately, like it was keen for me to go inside. And beyond that threshold, where there should have been empty air over the garden, there was a long, windowless corridor. It was lit by electric lamps attached to the walls every ten feet or so, 
and the walls were papered over in a swirling green pattern. Running down the middle of the faded yellow carpet was a rug, black and thick, that disappeared off as the path very gradually curved to the left. On the walls were what at first looked like mirrors, but I, I soon realised that while a few of them were mirrors, most of them were paintings or photographs of that same corridor from various odd angles. Here's the thing. I don't remember going through that door. I remember standing there, looking down it with this feeling of dread. And then I remember feeling a surge of terror as I heard the door close behind me with a click. I spun round, but there was no handle on this side, just a huge, smooth mirror. I saw myself stood in that strange corridor, and it looked like I'd been crying for hours. I hammered, shouted, I threw myself against that uncaring face of that mirror, but nothing happened. It didn't even crack. I took out my phone. My mind was muddy, but... I don't know exactly what I was hoping to do. Call the police, maybe? My colleagues? I, I think I might have wanted just to check the time. I had no idea how long I'd been in there. When I opened the phone, all that was on the screen was another picture of the corridor, just like the paintings on the walls. So I started walking down the corridor. I, I mean, there was, there was nothing else I could do. It dragged on and on, bending almost imperceptibly to the left, while every once in a while there would be another corridor turning off to the right at a sharp angle. At first I'd, I'd avoided these branching paths, thinking if I walked along the corridor far enough it would have to lead somewhere. But after what felt like miles, I finally decided that taking one of the turns, it, it couldn't make things worse. The branching corridors were identical. Mirrors and paintings that mirrored them were everywhere. And when I turned back, I think I must have gotten turned around because the left turn that would have led back towards the door wasn't, it wasn't there anymore. It was another long corridor with paths off to the right. The wallpaper was a different color though, I think. It definitely changed, but I never noticed it switching. I'd simply realized that it hadn't been red when I'd been walking or blue or purple or whatever color it was at the time. All the colours seemed to shift in that place. Even the yellow of the carpet and the black of the rug felt like I couldn't trust my eyes. Based on the date of my appointment and the newspaper I found later, I think I was in there for three days. It was, it was impossible to tell from inside though. I don't remember sleeping or even feeling tired. I did spend a lot of time just slumped in despair though, so maybe I slept then. I had no food or water. I got very delirious by the end. It didn't help. It was so warm in there. Although it often seemed like I couldn't stop shivering, like I was cold. I was almost passed out from misery when I saw it. It was stood way off in the distance, a long way down the corridor. It seemed almost human from a distance. But as it got closer, I saw that it was anything but. Its body was thin and limp, and when it moved, it shifted, like I was watching it through rippling water. Its hands were swollen, and bits of them jutted out at annoying angles. It was 
It was moving towards me fast, and as I looked, I saw that all the pictures on the wall now showed this thing, although each distorted it differently, like a selection of funhouse mirrors. But all of them, all of them showed their hands as bulbous and sharp. I looked around in desperation, trying to find any hope of escape. The thing was getting closer and closer, and I could hear that weird laugh again. And then I saw it, a mirrored frame that did not contain the creature. I had no reason to think it would help, but I could see no other choice but waiting for death, so I threw myself at this empty mirror. And just like that, I was out. I felt the cold night air on my face and, and wet tarmac under my hands and knees. It was raining. I turned up in Dulwich of all places. I screamed for about five minutes before someone came to help me. I don't really know what else to tell you. I was hospitalised for a short while until they were satisfied my dehydration wasn't going to cause any complications. And I spent a long time at home, not opening any doors. Finally, after the latest bout of nightmares, I decided to come to you and tell you my story. Maybe you can make some sense of this. Perhaps. Leave it with us. We'll do some digging and see what we can find. You believe me, then? I, uh... Yes. Yes, I think I do. One thing, though. You say you don't remember the man's name. I, I think he told me, but I just... I it wasn't can't... Michael, was it? Yes. Michael! That was it. Do you know him? Maybe. We'll make some inquiries and get back to you, Miss Richardson. Thank you for your time. Right. Well, I'll just leave you to it then. Sasha! Sorry, did you call? Uh, I just had a statement from someone claims they met your Michael. Michael? The distorted Michael? The very same. I don't think we re-recorded your statement on him, did we? Did we need to? It was one of the tapes that vanished during the attack. Oh. Well, I can give it again if you'd like, but I haven't seen him since. And you can't think of any further insights? Nothing you forgot to mention last time? I don't think so, no. Hmm. What are you doing at the moment? Reorganising your discredited section. It's a bit of a mess. If I may say so, John, I feel you've been a bit less conscientious about it since you got back. Oh, that's fair. Sorry. Let me know once you're finished. I'd very much like you on this case. Yes, will do. Do you even know I'm... they're lying to you? I'm sorry, I didn't... Can I help you? This place is off limits. I disagree. Who let you in here? Let. <laughs> I'm afraid that isn't how this works. You're him? Yes. Michael. That is a real name. Are you here to kill me? No. Oh. Uh, why, are, why are you here? I am simply collecting what is mine, archivist. The one who enters my domain. Miss Richardson? You own those hallways? What a... Fascinating question. Does your hand in any way own your stomach? In any case, it doesn't matter. The wanderer had a brief respite, but it's over now. Well, you're too late. She's gone. <laughs> yes, 
notice which door she left through. Yes. Wait. No, there was... There has never been a door there, Archivist. Your mind plays tricks on you. Let her go. <laughs> no. Get her back here. Are you going to attack me? Ah! 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 <laughs> who the hell are you? I am not a who, Archivist. I am a what? A who requires a degree of identity I can't ever attain. So, Michael isn't your real name? There is no such thing as a real name. What are you talking about? I am talking about myself. It's not something I'm used to doing, so I'm sorry if I'm not very good at it. You decided to appear down here and stab me anyway. I wanted to talk you. I intervened to save you before. I am... I'm interested in what happens next. Yes, well, thank you for that, I suppose. And you still haven't told me why you intervened at all. <laughs> I'm normally neutral, yes, but the loss of this place would have unbalanced the struggle too early. I'm keen to see how it progresses. You make it sound like there's a war. <laughs> then I will say nothing further. I wouldn't wish to tarnish your ignorance prematurely. Goodbye, Archivist. Wait! Ah! Uh, 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 Michael? Michael? End recording. The Magnus Archives is a podcast distributed by RustyQuill.com and licensed under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial Sharealike 4.0 International License. Today's episode was written and performed by Jonathan Sims, produced by Alexander J. Newell, Mike LeBeau, and Ian Hales, and directed by Alexander J. Newell. To subscribe, view associated material, and make donations, visit RustyQuill.com. Rate and review us on iTunes, tweet us at the Rusty Quill, visit us on Facebook, or email us at mail at RustyQuill.com. Join our community on the forums via the website, or on Reddit at r slash the Magnus Archives. Thanks for listening. London's been stolen by bats and dragged below ground to a vast cavern where hell is close, immortality is cheap, but the screaming has largely stopped. Your first task is to escape New Newgate Prison, and after that, the path is entirely up to you. Just be careful, as every choice has a consequence from the style of your hat to the price of your soul. Fallen London is a free text adventure game that you can play on mobile or at www.fallenlondon.com. Explore over 1.5 million words of Victorian Gothic alternate history. Fancy running a salon a mile below the surface? Sure. Become a monster hunter? Certainly. 
behave so disgracefully that you have to flee to the colonies and write pleading letters home? Go for it. Fallen London offers you different stories depending on all of your characters' choices. Who you've angered, who you seduce, who you've robbed, where you've been, and the secrets you know. Welcome, delicious friend. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, everyone. It's Helen here, the voice of Azu, Enola, and Laverne. Today, I'm here to tell you about Woe Begone, a podcast launched on the RQ Network. Woe Begone is a weekly horror sci-fi audio drama series about the nature of power and the implications of linear time. Woe Begone follows Mike Walters, who discovers a mysterious and violent online game. What begins as an exploration of an alternate reality game with real-life consequences quickly becomes a search for the technology that makes the game possible. Each episode has a unique soundtrack composed by creator and writer Dylan Griggs. Listen to Woe Begone, spelled woe period begone, wherever you listen to podcasts. Or check out woebegonepod.com for episodes and transcripts. Have fun! And see you later.